You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to teach about the research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won't be Tag is in, tag is out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those wonderful places on the internet. I am Kian, and with me this week is in alphabetical order. In alphabetical order, it's so easy because it's just Kev. Just Kev. Just Just Kev. Kev. Lovely. Excellent. Excellent. Lovely to have you here, Kev. Dara is off globe trotting and... Uh, Mannequin Blue is neck deep in invoices, black book style. So you're going to have the two of us this week. Uh, yeah, we, what... we believe in neither travel nor taxes, and that is why we are podcasting. No, no, no. We are bound by the rigors of teaching and helping the deaf, so we don't get to take holidays. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about now. So, And by the way, I will not explain that at all. Uh, so... Uh, We've a lot to talk about this week. We've had some shows end. We've had some shows begin. Uh, Generally, sort of, I've noticed that in terms of the streaming things, these things tend to go seasonally, and we're in the middle of that. But we'll leave with something that launched last week, which was Loki. Loki is the first Disney Plus season to get a second season, I should say. Series to get a second season, that's it. Uh, So, bit of a significant milestone. So... Uh, Kev, first of all, before we get into it, what are your memories of the previous season of Loki? It's been a while. It's been a while, but I think Loki, Loki stuck with me more than most of those Disney Plus, particularly those early Disney Plus series where like they were kind of hitting while the iron was hot. Everything Mm. was exciting. And I think, you know, we were still, I think we were, we, we were, we were into the vaccine era of COVID. So like we were going out, but not as much as we are now. The cinemas so, like, weren't back. It was cinemas your weren't back. So of things like you know. So that yeah, that run of WandaVision, Falcon, Witch, Soldier, Loki was just like we are all stuck inside, and this is what's on. Yeah. Uh, so Loki, Loki stuck with me, and it definitely felt because it that was also very much the post, still very post End Game mm. compared to like what they're trying to start now with Kang and the. Uh, with Kang and the Secret Kang and the Kangs, yes. Yeah, Kang and the Kangs. Yeah. Kang and the Kang Squad. Um, <laughs> even though that's, that this is also, he's kind of, this was the impetus of Kang and the Kang Squad. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that Loki, the reason that I think Loki is hitting me 
now more than most other series and Disney stuff is because the end of the previous season of Loki made big promises that none of the other Marvel stuff has seen to pay off yet. Oh, the multiverse splitting apart like a Lego set being dropped from a second story window. Yeah, because that's like, it was all because we uh, we were all under the assumption that Marvel was this very intricately planned idea Mm. and Loki Loki dropping just before um, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, which, you know, we knew we were getting multiverse stuff. Uh, we thought, oh, well, that, that we're going to, you know, this is going to be the start. And, you know, we're going to watch Spider-Man. And we're going to get inflation. And Dr. Strange is really going to extrapolate that. I know it didn't. <laughs> I know it didn't. So now here we are, what, two years later? And now I'm looking for an answer. Did you know that the phase four, which is called the multiverse phase, is over? <laughs> With a whimper. <laughs> Was that? Hold on. Okay, no. Doc, that. So Guardians would have been the last one, if that's that. Or is that the start of the new one? Uh, I think Ant-Man was the start of the new phase. Yeah, because that was the the big Kang debut, apart from the other one, you know. Oh, boy. Yeah. God. Uh, Ant-Man, if, if that's if that's your, your your resounding ring into a new era, what a, what a whisper. That... <laughs> Did we talk about that movie? That movie left no impact on me. I really enjoyed it in cinema. I'm watching it on the TV. It's like, yeah, a bit flat in places. I think I think the Kang character kind of lets it down a bit, disappointingly enough. But actually, I thought it was quite bright and colourful. I, I had a sort of a Jules Verne feel to it. Like something weird and new is happening every couple of minutes. It's not there my was... favourite Marvel, but I really liked it. Yeah, there was there was a couple of kind of cool character designs, but I, I just found it so incredibly dull. <laughs> so that and that's that's the other thing because that's also the kind of the big tying together of Kang's whole story. Yeah. Um and from a business perspective, you've got James Gunn with like a really good Guardians film kind of bowing out. Yeah. And Marvel's kind of going, "Don't worry, Ant-Man is here to lead us into the future." Yeah. Yeah. So, no, Loki Loki's the first thing that actually feels impactful since mm. Sin over the past couple of years, and uh, you know what? Um, as far as first episodes go, obviously we've got a whole we've got a whole long ride to go. So this could either yeah. this could either skyrocket success or it could fumble and fumble the bag bad. But for a first episode, I think it set things up. It picks up exactly where the finale where it, like leaves off with the man at the end of time and Loki getting dropped back in. We get. We very quickly get the explanation of why the TVA was like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll try to be vague. It's new. We're. I, won't, I, won't point, get I should too... say this by the time this goes out, it it will either be two episodes will be out or possibly six. It's not the whole season. schedule, so maybe it might be worth just being candid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll get I'll get into it. Yeah. So, like, I I was surprised to find out very quickly that like. Within the first 10 minutes, we got an explanation as to why Kang was plastered all over the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that he founded the whole organization. That's uh, right. It wasn't a jump into a parallel universe where Kang was charged. We jumped into the past, wasn't it? Yeah, which which is interesting. And definitely, I suppose, untangles what I thought was going to be a very convoluted web. Yeah, and I was disappointed in the stinger when Owen Wilson didn't... What's he called? Mobius? 
yeah. didn't know Loki because I was worried they'd spend the whole season rebuilding that friendship, Men in Black 2 style. So I was glad they scrapped that element immediately, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, otherwise then, I, 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 you know, I like that it play. I like how they're playing around with limited time travel. Yes. So with, um, what was he named? Ouroboros, Kehai Kwan's character. Yes, yes. Um, how, because Loki keeps getting pulled back and forth, how he basically in the past teaches them how to make the thing that saves him so that his future self will remember it. Yeah, I mean, by the standards of like Doctor Who, it's fairly like, okay, I get it, you know, but it's still nice to play. It still shows that the show is being a bit inventive with itself, you know. That's it. And it, like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's good limited time travel because time travel is also one of those sticking points where if you get too weird with it, it unravels the entire meaning. Yeah, well, there's basically two schools of thought, which, you know, to not eat up an hour, you've got the everything has to happen the way it happens. So you're kind of back to the future. Even if you changed it, you're ultimately just creating the thing that was always meant to happen. Or you've got your Avengers Endgame thing where anything can happen anytime. It's a mess, whatever. We're not going to worry about it. And this seems to be kind of a nice mix and match of the two, you know? Yeah. No, so I think I thought it was clever. Um and like by episode one, you know, he got he gets yoinked out of the time sphere. How and why? We'll find out. But now now we have him back in this time, quote mm. unquote. You know, TVA being what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it was fairly restrained on a lot more of the sensational elements. Like there wasn't much of Sylvie. Like, you know, we kind of haven't seen a lot of the TVA characters. I can't even remember where the judge character from last season ended up, to be honest. She died, didn't she? Oh, it's been two years. Yeah. I, I believe you. But I, yeah, I, I I don't I can't don't quote me on that. I'm not I'm not gonna rewatch it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think she died. Um I'll take no, your word for it, but like I, yeah. I don't remember her dying. Uh, but it also helps that, you know, Tom Hiddleston and uh, Owen Wilson just like it seems like they're having fun and yes. having like having fun with each other. So that's yeah. it. like if if nothing else, if this show goes completely off the walls, I think that chemistry alone will probably get me through it more than most any other series. That's just it. And it is doing like Marvel has this like weird uh, Northern Stanley has a weird allergy to just direct sequels. Because, like, I think the first couple of Marvel sequels were a bit drab. So, like, now every sequel has to be, like, a reinvention. Like, that's why WandaVision's sequel is the Doctor Strange movie, all that jazz, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, just getting more of the same and seeing it very good to very competent was very refreshing, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I Like, I liked the... I was, I was a big fan of the kind of the the post-nuclear 50s aesthetic for, like, an out-of-time, for an outside-of-time agency. Mm. So I'm glad to have that back. They're having fun with it. I, I think it's... Considering I watched the first episode of Secret Invasion and just forgot to pick it back up, the <laughs> fact that I am interested in what Loki's going to do next week should speak to where I'm at with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. And by the way, not to completely derail us, but I didn't notice last season the start of the new episode of Loki. Uh, he starts talking to like someone in the lobby. 
Hmm. And like he calls the guards, doesn't know who he is, bounces back, suddenly remembers him, all that kind of stuff. That's Eugene Cordero, who is one of the main voice actors from Lower Decks. I the name did ring a bell. Yeah. Well, Kian, if that is not a segue, I don't know what is. Annoyingly, I still want to talk about Loki, but just put a pin in Lower Decks. That's coming. (laughs) Uh, But I'll tell you what. Yeah, I I get what you mean about Loki. Just because I knew you and me would probably end up talking about it. Like, I actually went and rewatched the first couple of episodes of WandaVision just to see if it would, like, hold it and other Disney Plus things would hold up, you know, Hmm. outside of the sort of the hype machine. And, yeah, I think that. And I think these Disney Plus things... Are have the potential to age well, but I do get what you mean about sort of a lot of people falling off the Marvel thing. It has been kind of like just chucking things at a dartboard and like you know seeing what sticks to the wall, you know. Yeah, no, the most interesting thing that's happened in the past couple of years has been Guardians three, hmm. which everybody knew was the swan song of a director moving on to a different yeah. studio. So I, that- I'd like the corner for Wakanda Forever. I thought that was stronger than the first one. Yeah, no, you're right. I actually, yeah, no, you've you've got me there. Wakanda Forever was, yeah, yeah, you've got me. Yeah, Wakanda Forever was really, was very good. Right? But again, right. like you said, that was a swan song in its own way. Like yeah. you know, yeah. It also helps when they let a good director actually make a good movie in both because in both those what a notion, what a notion, what an idea. <laughs> but that's but that's the problem we've kind of always had with these. It's that like most of the time. Unless you're Ryan Coogler or James Gunn, you're yeah. just kind of making a Kevin Feige movie. Well, that's just it. It's like, um, like, look, I'm I'm ride or die with Marvel, but like, especially these Disney Plus things are incredibly revealing in that you can sort of mark the cutoff point where they took the directors out of it. And it's usually episode five. Like, I actually, because like, I did review yeah. a couple of these and like, you know, Penultimate episode of WandaVision is her backstory ends in her in the studio. Next episode, big fight. Yeah. Uh, what Falcon and Winter Soldier? They make a boat and sort out their feelings. Penultimate episode. Next episode, big fight. Uh, Loki sort of dodged it, but it's yeah, still Loki. Loki had the last episode be a conversation in a in a space tower. So yeah, but I think Something... they compromised that by fighting a massive cloud the week before. Yeah, but it also helped that they had um. Richard E. Grant involved, so that's oh, that's going to improve yeah. most scenes. <laughs> <laughs> having having Richard E. Grant in a silly hat. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great! No, it's uh, like I wish you could have been at the Richard E. Grant thing in Dublin last year. Like, oh yeah, about Loki so much. <laughs> like he was reading passages from his autobiography and about stories his dad would tell him. It's like. Oh, you know, if you end up, if you become an actor, you'll end up in drag and wearing pajamas and that kind of stuff. And these pictures of Loki are just like popping up in the background. Like, you know, it's he seems to have had a blast. And I hope they bring him back someday, even though he's dead in the show. But anyway, so (laughs) the reason I bring up Marvel and all that is I suppose I'd like to check in with the general health of both superheroes and streaming services in general because you before we recorded you were talking about invincible i was talking about the boys that kind of stuff so apart from like the marvel sort of offerings and things like that is there anything kind of in town other than the boys and invincible like does dc have anything going is there anything else going you know 
Hey, great. Hey, does DC have anything going is a great question. Somebody better, <laughs> somebody better ask them because they, I don't think they know. Um, yeah, no, DC. Well, I, I don't know. And frankly, I can't know because HBO still doesn't have a streaming service in this country. Oh, yeah. So, do you remember hey, when they announced that Gotham TV show like a year ago and we heard nothing since? Remember when there was two seasons? of an alfred tv show oh i forgot about that they made that that was done i didn't watch it but i know they made it a friend uh, a friend of mine actually said it was quite good and i'll believe them but like <laughs> what what a world what a world you know, yeah like, so T- teen titans have a film and actually it's qu- and it's quite good much like teen titans go is as well i don't know why it gets so much flack but that was a joke in the teen titans movie that everyone was getting uh, spin-off. Alfred got a spin-off. The Batmobile got a spin-off. Like, you know, and now it's true. Now it's true. I don't know. Has I don't think it's out yet, or even if it's filming, but I think they're still going ahead with that Colin Farrell Penguin spin-off. I hope so. Uh, which, yeah, no. Great. Great performance. The Batman, great movie. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Like, out, yeah, outside of, yeah, the Batman 2, our Pat's Batman. Our Batman. Batman. I don't Batman. Uh, I can't be the only person who said that. Uh, I genuinely could not tell you. Actually, do you know what? I saw a headline. I don't. Regardless of like what's already in production, mm-hmm. apparently, under James Gunn, none of like none of the actors that were involved in like the Snyder Justice League are coming back. That's really they're, they're, they're wiping that slate. Jason Momoa is out even before his film comes out. That's it. He, they might still release that because that's in production. Yeah. But like with the 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 hailing in of James Gunn, just wiping it clean. Are they even gonna like justify it, or is it just gonna be like a hard stop? Like Who if, you, if they're gonna do it, it probably would have been that Flash film. Who can say? Like that's like again, it does. It seems like I get the impression there's no organization there. <laughs> somebody somebody somewhere eventually just gets a message in the tube saying make a Batman movie and the and the gears spin. Oh, thank God there's someone out there to make Doctor Who look cohesive. Yeah. The BB yeah, no, the BBC the, the DC cinematic universe makes the BBC look like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well I'll tell so, you yeah. what then. Uh because we'll talk very quickly about this because you mentioned it. So you yeah. saw the new Invincible episode, which yeah, is kind of special. I, so I, take take us it's been out a while, but take us through what it is. Yeah, it it, it came out, it kind of caught me by surprise because Invincible, I think it's I think that second season's due out this month, maybe next month. Yeah, Soon yeah, enough. yeah. Uh, hey, when this when this episode goes up, could be out. Who's to say? But it was when they were announcing all of that at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con mm. this year. Uh, they stealth dropped, I think, that weekend, an a, a, a special one off mm. up onto Prime, and that's like stealth dropping something onto a streaming service. If you don't get the buzz for it, it just flies under the radar. And that's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I was just kind of scrolling through and I spotted and I had an hour, so I watched it. And you know what? I think we did really sing the praises of Invincible when that came out. And yeah, no, the Adam Eve show reminded me of like, oh yeah, this is this is good. Yeah, like I rewatched it in preparation for the uh, Adam Eve thing. And mm. yeah, it's incredibly solid, isn't it? Yeah, so just to kind of go over it, basically it it's 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 a one like one hour special 
one shot that goes through the kind of the life and history of one of the secondary characters from mm. the first series, Adam Eve, one of uh one of the 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 invincible the dudes. I Nick, don't ask me any names. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, one but of played his, by uh, Jillian Jacobs from Community and everything, you know. Played by Jillian Jacobs. It's it's yeah. one of his uh his school friends who also has her own supernatural uh she's in the sort of the in-universe version of the Teen Titans. Yeah. And you know what? She really she really piqued my interest in the first season because her power set is incredibly cool mm. in that she can reform things on the atomic level. Mm. And yes, the show takes that and runs with it. <laughs> so it was really cool getting like into how that happened, who she is, um, finding out the whole deal with her foster parents. That's heartbreaking. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it's 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 just a really solid, it's just a really solid enclosed story and i don't i don't know if it's going to impact second season if... well even if it doesn't it's yeah. still incredibly important context yeah. like you're yeah, not no, gonna go back to season one character. and not think about that you know of course uh so no i like that's if you're even on the fence i'd say it's a great litmus test for if you want to watch invincible I yeah it's not like because like i i recommend invincible like with a slight caveat which is that the violence is very violent and mixed with the animation style, it can be off-putting. That is the point of it. Yeah. But I could see people quitting very early because of it, especially because that first episode sort of lures you into a false sense of security. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Adam Eve gets 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 to the point a lot quicker mm. uh, and a lot more succinctly. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the kind of, I mean, it's I've been out long enough. The point of the first episode of Invincible is it sort of tricks you into thinking it's a relatively normal show. Yeah. And then the last scene informs you that you were incorrect, you know? Yeah. Like, it's 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 taking the trope and the fact that the animation style is so, so similar to the, like, direct-to-streaming, direct-to-DVD DC stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everything being so... Much the way in the comic Invincible is, everything is so cribbed from the DC format. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah, like I don't read DC comics but I do not have to work hard to figure out every like comparison. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty easy to tell what character is just Hellboy. Yeah, 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 exactly <laughs> like, you yeah. know. Um so yeah, no, I think that's I think I think Adam Eve is a good. Yeah, it's, if you're on the fence, obviously with the with the with the pre-notion that it's an incredibly violent show. Hmm. You know, just being not aware all of the that. time, but that's kind of what's disarming about it. Yeah, I think Adam Eve is a good like is a good taster if you're not sure. Yeah, and then if you are, you have a whole season and you have a whole two, another season coming on the way. Oh, I'd recommend it. I like it. I like the boys a lot, but Invincible has the edge on it for me. I think so. I feel I, like it's just that that slight bit subtler. Yeah, yeah, the boy. Yeah, the boys is a lot of things, and subtle it is simply well, see, not. <laughs> the boys is a is a funny one now because I haven't watched Gen V yet, but I did uh, watch of uh, most of series three the other night yeah. because I have an infant who won't sleep. Um, uh, and like it's see, the boys is very crass and obvious and loud in many ways, and it's not subtle with its like political stuff, but there are subtleties in it it's not a stupid show you know no it's 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 never talking down to you and it doesn't know what it's what it's it it knows what it's trying to say but yeah. it is doing so with a big bass drum yeah <laughs> like I mean, a like, mallet to the hard. back of the head There's like no, it's like, hard it, yeah yeah you're right it's hard not to get kind of political about it but like 
just as a one random strand plucked out of it. Like the third season is all about Homelander kind of giving up pretending to be good. And that makes yeah. him more popular. And the more crass he is, the more a sort of a radical base builds around him. And it's not easy. Like, I mean, it's easy to figure out who that's supposed to be, mm. but they don't say it to you. You compare that to that Doctor Who episode where the actor from Sex and the City was just the American president and was compared to the American president. Like, you don't need to spell it out, you know. Like, there yeah. are... I'm trying to think of another word for subtlety, but there are sort of... It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't talk down to you completely. The, yeah. like, no, it's, it's 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 not subtle, but it's doing what it does very well. Yes, like, yes. It doesn't have to be. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be subtle to be good storytelling. Um, and on top of that, like it's what what really makes the boys an engaging watch is also its character actors because you get to see Jack Quaid and Carl Urban, and I don't know the actor's name for Homelander, but that guy deserves an Emmy because. He is living. Anthony Starr, I think. What Anthony? Yeah, I think you're right. Anthony yeah. Starr sounds right. Yeah. Uh, that man, like that man, is eating scenery every chance he gets. Yeah, and it's, it's that... so funny. He's got so many smiles. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Like he's yeah. got an earnest smile and like a really scary smile and a I'm smiling but I'm actually really upset smile. It's a very it's a very weird, compelling performance. Like that's <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I could say about that man. He's very expressive. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's funny because once again we're tapping into the lower decks thing with uh Jack Quaid, like you know, yeah, like I, I fully forget that that is him voicing Boimler. Yeah, and what really drove it home for me was seeing him do Boimler in the Strange New Worlds episode because I was I like, know, oh, that's, he, yeah, that's just that's just him from the boys with purple hair. I know, but we gushed about it, but like he did put the work in, like it's if you watch it side by side with lower decks. Boimler does have a certain run, yeah. which looks perfectly normal in animation and looks bizarre in live. And you can see him doing it, like punching his elbows back and forth and all that. So I think he did do the work, but I do get that. There is that sort of, oh, that's Huey-ness yes. to it <laughs> yeah. when he shows up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but there you go. Talking about Huey, like I know we're talking about a season a year old, but like obviously sort of, uh, gender stuff is kind of baked into the fabric of the boys from the get-go. Like, you know, it's called The Boys, like, obviously. Mm. Uh, and oh, like... oh, if you don't, if you think this show doesn't deal with toxic masculinity, oh, oh boy, yeah. I got, I got it. I got to tell you something. But that's just it. But there's a really fascinating strand of toxic masculinity. And I apologize to kind of get into the weeds about it. But I really like the way that Huey in that third season is deeply insecure about having to be rescued by, is it Starlight? Is it? Yeah. Starlight. And yeah. he's not being like controlling necessarily. He's not putting her down. He just feels deeply insecure. And that drives him to essentially sabotage many aspects of the relationships. But like, it's all coming from him. It's not oh, coming from yeah, her. No, he, and he it's not can't... him being a mean person. It's subtler than that. It's, it's yeah, no, like, very it's, it's... well handled, like. It's deep-seatedly, he can't admit that a woman, like, can, has, like, it can be stronger than him. And, like, it's, it's, there, there's a, there's a, 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 it, yeah, there's an insecurity there. Even, like, I think there, like, there was shot, there was sparks not even him dating her in the first season when she was, just because she was a superhero. But then also, like, having that, like, him being so surrounded with just so hyper-masculine people. Like, mm. Carl, 
Jeez, yeah, Carl Urban's character name escapes me. Uh, butcher, butcher. Mm. How did I forget? How do I forget? <laughs> name like butcher. Yeah, butcher's not a well put together dude. Yeah. So if you're looking, if you're looking for guidance on how on how things with my girlfriend are, don't ask the guy who thought his wife was dead for several years. That's just it. Who willingly calls himself butcher? <laughs> like you know. But that's Listen, what I, I mean, though. But this ties into how well because like we talk about like you know any scene with the deep is not like subtle, but like if you actually kind of start interrogating it, like all the characters are so nuanced. Like we talk, like I talked about Huey there. But like, and who's kind of the toxic masculine trait. But it makes perfect sense when you remember that in the first episode, uh, he was holding hands with his girlfriend when she got killed. Like a like, it, so that is that is it doesn't make it okay for him to patronize uh, Starlight. No, but does it make sense? Yes, it's very like layered. You know. No, I, I, listen. I I I love watching people be terrible to each other. <laughs> <laughs> There are a few things, when done right, there are a few things that bring me greater joy. I think we have it on the cards. If we get to it, I will talk about it. Always sunny in Philadelphia. But there, when, yeah, it's it's understanding, like, it's understanding that these are bad people. Yeah. Coming from bad places. <laughs> no, but they're not just bad because they're bad, though. They're, like, everyone has a compelling reason for yeah. the way they are, but the show doesn't let them off the hook. Like, it's... Cause see, I talk about this, and then you watch it, and like you're like, "What's he doing to that squid?" You know, uh, and like you well, say no, that, there, and there are some of, people that are just bad like, for the sake because they are bad people. And yeah, Deep like, is one of them. But that's what I mean. It's such a weird balancing act because it's got that I hate to say it, but Zack Snyderness to it, <laughs> which is a huge ingredient of the show. It's my least favorite ingredient of the show. But it's perfectly balanced with really well drawn out characters and plots. And so you recommend it and you feel like you're crazy for recommending it because of what's in it. You know, it's really it kind of wrecks like Invincible is more violent, but also more accessible. You know, it's sort of a it's a weird thing to get your head around like. Yeah, no, I, it, it might be that I just surround myself with people who like absolutely vile things, but but uh, I, I found it pretty easy to recommend to people. Okay, all right. Well, maybe it, maybe it's a question of taste then. It just baffles me that this is the flagship thing for Prime Video. This horrible, violent, grotesque, relishing in its own obscenity-like show. This is the flagship. I, I, find, that, I find that, that deeply funny. Yeah. It's on the side of Dublin buses, for goodness sakes. <laughs> But uh, hey, hold on! Th- those bus ads are changing. There's a new Fraser coming out now. I've been seeing oh, nothing but Kelsey Grammer all day, and also terrified of it. <laughs> like I've been looking forward to that Fraser thing for ages, and then I saw the first poster, and I was kind of. It, it only just then went. Oh no, this could be terrible. Is it? Is it Fraser? Nothing wrong jeans? with the poster, but it just didn't occur to me. You know? No, I think no. I saw a lot of people criticizing the fact that Fa- that Fraser is wearing jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I've already seen a like the show is not out yet, and I've already seen a lot of that's not my Frasier. All right, I mean, like we won't get into that because we haven't seen it yet. But the fact that Nicholas Lindhurst is involved is a good vote of confidence for me. Okay, and if they're going to do the essentially soft reboot it with Frasier as the Martin character, since what's his name, the son, is going to be a main character, fine. I mean, seen it before, but 
I'll take it if it's sensitively done, you know? Yeah, if, if it's good Kelsey Grammer, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> yeah, and you know they're going to, like, rope one of the original characters in for, like, the finale or something. They always do that kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah, no, like, they're they're going to have to get Niles in sometime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Niles with his, like, crazy... I imagine he's got, like, 15 kids and they're all psychologists or something like that by now. <laughs> or possibly football hooligans, one or the other. I hope yeah, it's football happened? hooligans. Only time will tell. And you know who was one of the brother, Daphne's brothers? Richard E. Grant. Everything's connected. <laughs> it's all, it's all connected. <laughs> the spider webs we weave. That would have been a perfect segue into like Lower Decks. But instead, let's talk about It's Always Sunny. <laughs> so, yeah, I we, we I have finally caved and gotten back onto Netflix. Uh, because it turns out you just kind of can't live without it nowadays. Oh, uh, don't so encourage them. <laughs> so I've been I've been catching up on what I missed over the months of my hiatus, and there's been some good stuff. Um, uh, Evil Dead Rise, which I missed in the cinemas, went up, and that's that's just a a rollicking, fun, gory time. And mm. uh, speaking of things that are absolutely abhorrent, um, ooh, if if I can also recommend the new Castlevania series came up. Came out. I, I yeah. wish I could explain how big Kev's smile is right now. I'm I forget this is especially bloody. I forget how good Castlevania is every single time until I hit play. <laughs> every time it blows me away at how well that series is done. <laughs> um, yeah, forget it's always sunny. I'm talking about this now. Castlevania is really good, Keen. <laughs> Speaking I've of seen the thing- first two seasons, I think. I yeah. find it hard to stick with because it's quite a slow and tepid watch, even though it's gorgeous to look at, you know? Yeah, so it's, 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 for those that don't know, it's an adaptation of the decades spanning mm-hmm. video game series uh, where essentially each game will boil down to go kill Dracula. Yes. Here's and a they've whip. been doing that Good for luck. about 40 years. Yeah. Uh, so they've made so the series gets into it really dilutes the core of some of the original games down and just tells this really compelling story this really compelling dracula story of this eternal man who loses his wife and wreaks havoc and vengeance on a world and the heroes that have to go and take him down and the the thing is Castlevania as it stands, that first Castlevania series, that as a show has ended. That arc was that arc was finished, that arc okay. is done. Is Richard Armitage still in the show? No. So that's what we have now, what came out over the past month, is now called Castlevania Nocturne. Right. So it's a sequel series where that would have taken place in you know roughly 1400s, Middle Ages, kind of oldie times. This now jumps 300 years in the future to the mid-1700s and changes location from, you know, somewhere, well, I think it was called Wallachia, which is like central Eastern Europe. This it's, now takes it's, place... It's sorry? like Transylvania. Like, yeah. you know, like they, they're, they're not subtle about the fact that it's like Vlad the Impaler, like, you know. Yeah. So Nocturne, though, takes place in 1700s France, Okay. A notable time, you know, uh, considering the guillotines and what have you. Yes. And so this 
takes a so it follows the the heir of the Belmont family. Uh Richard Armitage's character, Trevor Belmont, it's his great 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 grandson. Oh, this has gone in like a JoJo direction then. Okay. Sort of. Yeah, you're not yeah, you're not really wrong. It's 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 the Belmont lineage, much like the Joe Star lineage. <laughs> Uh, who are because who like they after the events of Castlevania, they that family went on to continue being vampire hunters. Uh, and, human. and Richter Belmont is no different, now living in France after the death of his mother to a vampire. Uh, and what this really plays around with is the idea of vampires as the aristocracy. Uh, okay, you know, it's it, a common trope in vampire media, is well, it's a common trope and kind of a, a, a common understanding of its origins is that vampires are an allegory for the rich and landlords you know dracula is a count dracula is a count yeah like blood sucking leeches on society yes you know uh so this takes that and imposes it onto the french aristocracy i think post i think it is post versailles is Robespierre like still in the frame and everything? Or no, I was convinced one of the vampires was Marie Antoinette, but she wasn't. Right. Um, yeah, but... I could see that working. Like aristocracy, French vampires, all the cool costumes and wigs. And yeah, all that. yeah. So it it runs with that in a really really interesting way to make for some really hateful villains <laughs> in, <laughs> in some of the vampires, but it gets interesting. Like it. It, it gets into a lot of stuff. It's, it's a, there's a wide cast of characters because Richter, who had originally lived in America um, after its revolution and then moved had moved to France for, for various reasons the show gets into. I won't delve too much. Yeah. Um, and then he's living with this French family in the ways of the revolution who are, who are um, key figures in the rebellion of that locality. Right, uh, but then joining them are vampire hunters. One of which is a freed. Oh, I can't remember exactly where. Uh, it was either it was somewhere like the Ivory Coast or Haiti, but right. a freed slave from like an African plantation. Right, and how one of the vampires, how one of the slave owners, the plantation owners, was a vampire, and all of that, you know. Yeah. And it it does all of this and wraps it up in this great, just fantastical story uh, with just stellar animation. I can't, like, the way that, like, it, characters, vamp because the vampires are super powered in these shows. And they'll move with just these lightning fast, but the way that the animation blurs and waves, it's so beautiful. Um. I I I'm a really really big fan of this show, and I'm 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 happy that Netflix are continuing to make it, and seem to be kind of leaning towards making more like it, because they announced recently that the the original showrunner for the the first series they they've been kind of passing the reins off to different creators since, uh, over the past couple of seasons. Uh, but the original showrunner Avi Arad is now making another animated series for Netflix based on Devil May Cry. Avi Arad, who produced all those like Marvel films and stuff. I'm nearly certain that's him. 
Yeah. No, he really, was like really like everything every, he does. Every MCU Marvel film had like his name on it. Yeah. It, I, I'm nearly certain this is the guy I'm thinking of. Everything, every time he like does an interview, he's so incredibly edgy. Everything has to be like darkly lit, and he always has to wear like deep mascara. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, he's yeah, he's 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 the original. He's the showrunner. No, no, okay, no, that's not Avi Arad. Okay, All no, right. I've got this mixed up. Um, okay, but no, I um. I, I'm a big fan. I like and much in the same way as I was saying that Adam Eve is a great um starting point if you're not sure about Invincible. Right. The first season of Castlevania is four episodes. Right. Four four 20-minute episodes. And it's it is in itself a very tight contained story yeah. that the subsequent series really kind of like expand on. So again, same, same warning with Invincible. If you've got a taste for the bloody and the gory. <laughs> Those for give the those first four episodes a shot, hmm. and if you if so, you have then an expansive few seasons to get through. I I really I really really enjoy it, and it's funny actually because like, uh, I know it's starting to widen up now, but like for what is essentially a video game adaptation, it's very thoughtful and pensive, isn't it? Like you oh, know, it's, yeah. not, it's not like wall to wall like. It's not like that Van Helsing film, for example, or Blade or anything like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, there, there is there is a lot of pathos in it. As I said, like, Va- Dracula's not just a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy. Mm. In, the, in those first few episodes, he does what he does to the surrounding cities of Wallachia because they burn his wife at the stake. Yeah, and I mean, he's... like, not to get too far into it, but, like, in season two, there's a case to be made that Dracula isn't evil enough. You know, yeah, he's got all his vampires around him, like saying, let's like tear everything up and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, no, I need to go to my room and sulk, sulk in the fireplace, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, no. So like that's yeah, there there is a there is a lot of pathos and thought. Um, and that's just with the villains. Yeah, the main characters like Alucard, Richard and Sypha, they like they're constantly oh, just... with the uh, oh the Gaius Baltar actor uh yeah. playing him like all oh, the voice ca- cast from top to bottom is great like you know yeah by the way I I the the, the showrunner his name is Adi Shankar that's ah uh, sorry yeah that's that's my mistake uh... lovely no problem but the but um okay with how much time about that would you rather talk about lower decks or it's always sunny. Uh, let's let's talk lower decks. I I'm I'm looking there at the at the episode count. I am actually I'm not as behind as I thought I was. Well, we've talked Star Trek quite extensively. Yeah. Before, so how are you finding this newest season? Uh, good. And in the same way, I think I found lower decks very very good in the past in how it expands on the Star Trek universe in ways none of the other shows would. Yeah. Uh, like the last one, just kind of to show you kind of where I'm at. The last episode was the Orion wedding. <laughs> okay, you're not too far behind then. Like, no. So it's it's yeah. I what I'm what I'm enjoying is, and obviously it's 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 a rollick. It's it's mm. hilarious. Um, but it's it's seeing how even through a comedic tone, the interpretation of the Orion homeworld, which is something we mm. haven't really seen before. And just watch, you know, <laughs> going through the the intricacies of the Orion wedding kidnappings. 
Yeah, and I like how this season they're starting to break down the traditional character roles. Like that episode you referenced, there's a running joke where like somehow impossibly Mariner just gets keeps getting hit with daggers. <laughs> and that seems like more of a Boimler thing to happen, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Boimler, it's funny actually talking about Jack Quaid trying to be tough. He's trying to be tough with the security officers, isn't he? And they just want to play like board games. Yeah. <laughs> and have a nice chill time, you know? Yeah. So I'm like I that that I mean that's it's there's I'm I'm definitely getting this this the sense of progression because like that's mm. You know, that was the big jump from season three to four. They've been promoted. Yes. Uh, so they're they're not they're well, they're not they shouldn't be doing as much menial labor, but you know, yes. they they are they are marginally more <laughs> important. They are they've now reached the point that they will be the types of characters in next generation who would not have a names and get killed. They're not upper, yes. No. There's still no. a long way to go. Uh but that's it. It's it's showing progression, it's showing growth. Uh, yeah, and I like how they've added, like, essentially it's like a five-hander, because, like, they've added the Vulcan character to it, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, which is it, which is a good, which definitely um, shakes up the format and really yeah. kind of, like, can add, adds a variety to some of the different party layouts that we get. Um, yeah, like, she's she doesn't replace anyone, but she's just a great foil for any of the characters because she's so dry. I think that's 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 a secret sauce to most good, like, on Star Trek entourages is having a good Vulcan who you can say just that, but there aren't that half. many like Spock's classic, but Spock's atypical anyway because he's half human. And if you actually watch the original series and Strange New Worlds, he's much warmer than people would assume. Oh yeah, you no, know. that's that's what I'm saying. It doesn't happen off. It, you don't yeah. get it a lot. Yeah, but when you do, you get something like Spock or Tuvok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I think like, quite it just, a lot it, of the time they're just like cold and not yeah, fun. You you know? get it, it, it adds a dryness. Yeah. That I think really like with something as big and boisterous as Strange New Worlds, you kind of get that like it, it really just complements that to have just a very literal straight person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely get what you mean. I'm looking forward to you getting caught up because we're now reaching the weird stage where like Star Trek's all over time and space, but like you said, we're now at the stage where Lower Decks is actually like making important canonical things happen. Like we saw uh, the Orion planet for the first time. We go to Ferenginar in an episode oh, you haven't seen yet. Wonderful. With Rom and Lita as the Grand Magus. Like, and they get the proper actors back and everything. Like, oh, you know. So, beautiful. like, that's like, you know. That would be back in the day something you put on like your mainline Star Trek shows. They're starting to like it's starting to kind of lead the way, like it, which is nice to see, you know, because it's well, kind of the underdog show anyway. Well, that's the other thing, like you know, in in terms of like the current Star Trek that's going out, it is the most in its own way. It's the most like current in the timeline yes i don't it is, discoveries like, it's a little bit before picard but it's most relative to where we're at yeah yeah yeah. so like in terms of kind of the greater star trek because i know discoveries flaunt yeet itself a thousand years in the future we're not we're not touching oh, yes, that. the yeet years <laughs> the yeeting years <laughs> yeah, and stranger world's obviously cozy back in the original series era yeah. so like if, if star trek decides to go forward with newer series strange new world it's kind of taking the taking point from strange new worlds 
Yeah, it is. I get what you mean. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Mandalorian. It's the easiest place where if you just want to have everything, anyone yeah. can kind of turn up there, you know. Yeah. And also it's 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 a blast watching the show call back mm. and just have episodes based on random series. Like the premiere the 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 the, the premiere of the season is just one big Voyager reference yes. that I loved with all of my heart. <laughs> And not even, like, the most glorious Voyager thing. Like, the Borg Queen doesn't turn up. No, it's lizards and Irish people. And it's 50s pantomime villains. Yeah, like, it's it's all of the, the deep cuts that I would not have gotten a year ago. But now that I binge watch all the Voyager, <laughs> the fact that people remember the weird dream clown. Oh, yeah. It just, it, uh, it delights me. And having the conceit be about two Vicks who was yes. one of the weird... That's got to be one of the more bizarre Voyager But episodes. that's just it, because all the things they include in the episode are the dodgiest things Janeway has done. Yeah. Jane, in, the examples they include is the Irish uh, Fairhaven town, in which, in a story about, you know, all these holograms are people and we should respect that, Janeway deletes the man's wife and has no consequences. <laughs> she She disassembles Tuvix. She <laughs> creates a new lizard species. She that clown, isn't he like the embodiment of like fear? Yeah. And yeah, that is that is a fear afraid. nexus that like they find a, a civil evasion of people who are frozen away. Yeah. If they tried to remove them, he that 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 dream clown was actually going to murder those people. Yeah, and actually he was one of the actors from Spinal Tap. Like they got a proper actor for that like wait is that is that Chuck from Better Call Saul? I, I haven't seen Better Call Saul. Now that uh, I'm thinking about it, that might be. It oh, might wow. be. But and then, it's and just, it has to be, just before we move on, it's like, it's one of my favourite Star Trek endings because it's so unintentionally funny that you have this character who is the embodiment of fear and nightmare. And it ends with him saying, I'm afraid, and Janeway leaning into the camera and going, I know. Credits. <laughs> I I ah, oh, it's one of my, yeah no that's that's one of my favorite memories because I watched that I was watching Voyager back when I was living with like oh yeah if if we if we remember one of one of the deeper nerd to know cuts our live <laughs> studio audience of my old flatmates yeah. <laughs> would duck in and out of frame um I'd watch it with Dave and Rebecca just walking back and forth and that episode in particular I think all three of them stopped like Kev what is happening. <laughs> 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 that one that one really confounded them <laughs> oh great i love i love when star trek has no shame yeah <laughs> so no lower decks is lower decks is hitting exactly the right spot for me yeah can i just talk about another star trek thing are you i only stumbled across these by accident are you aware they released new animated shorts this month no i'm gonna have to send these to you now uh, so basically, it was the 50th anniversary of the original animated show. Do you know, like, hmm. the 70s, like, animated show? where? Yeah, yeah, like... I haven't watched it, but I know yeah. about it. Yeah, but they got most of the original cast back. It looks like, you know, the Super Friends in terms of the animation style. Okay. You know, all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, they recycle the same three bits of music over and over again. That jazz, you know. Uh... It's the kind of animation style where, like, if in SpongeBob, you need to see a classic episode of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, it looks like that, you know. 
that kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, wonderful. it was the 50th anniversary of that, so they released five shorts set across the Star Trek universe in that animation style, but they got the likes of the Strange New World, you know, Lower Decks cast to be in them. And they are all hilarious. They're oh, only that's like brilliant. They're only like two, three minutes each, but they're class. Like you've got uh Spock played by um Ethan Peck from the Strange New World. He is basically trying to put on a blooper reel party to make everyone laugh, and he gets it wrong in ways that I can't even say on a five. Oh good. Really <laughs> funny and upsetting. Uh, they get all the Strange New Worlds ones for that. You've got a classic like Kirk one. You've got one with the next gen crew. You've got my favorite one, which is called Holograms All the Way Down. And it like <laughs> starts an enterprise and like they're having an adventure. And then someone says freeze program and we're with the D Space Nine. They're having a chat, freeze program, and it just keeps going deeper and deeper. And the animation gets worse and worse and worse. Oh, God. The you go. They have the prodigy ones who literally aren't moving because they're in 3D and it would be too difficult to render. Like, it's just really, really... I won't spoil spoil anything more, but there's five of them and they're all really, really well constructed, like... Oh, that sounds... That's, you've you've given me my evening. That's... <laughs> I'll, I'll send you links. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds... That sounds absolutely stupendous. Yeah. Um... And actually, I only just discovered on Paramount the... Second season of Short Treks finally went up there, and that was something you could only get on DVD. Are you familiar with the whole Short Treks thing? Uh, vaguely. I still haven't gotten around to watching any, but so they're, basically, they're like they're, they're, they're short in betweeners yeah. that were like DVD extras. Yeah, basically, they were 10 to 15 minute episodes that were kind of inessential in some respects, but but kind of important if you cared. Saru's Origin is in oh. one, for example, you know. Uh, like how he met Giorgio and escaped his planet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the whole thing was allegedly, I, I wasn't there, obviously, that um, they were they made these with the intention of putting them on Netflix's primary page back when Discovery was owned by Netflix to hype yeah. up the second season of Discovery. But Netflix was so bothered by Discovery by this point, they just slipped it in the extras and didn't promote it. So when it came to the second batch of them, which was really, really good, it had all the like Strange New World characters prior to that season coming out. Like, yeah. they just didn't put it on Netflix. So it just went straight Definitely. to DVD and no one got to see it. So there, that's so it, it was kind of lost media for a while. So now they're up there and you can find eight of them on Paramount Plus if you go looking for them. You know, so it's nice that they're not like, I mean, we talked about Prodigy. I don't like the idea of media just vanishing. So I'm glad it's up there with everything else, you know. No, that's that's good. Yeah, no, it's 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 little, but pre- the preservation helps. It it adds, it adds richness. Um, and even then, like I'm glad that it even made it to a physical release because, you know, who knows how much power, how long Paramount's gonna stay up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, true. I mean, like, you, wouldn't it be awful if like uh, I think Strange New Worlds makes too much money for it to happen? But like, it'd be a real shame if stuff just vanished. Like, you know, if streaming just died a death and all these things went away, you know, that's it's 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 not a, it's not a it's not a big hypothetical. That's the problem. And yeah. but before we wallow too much on the the inevitable heat death of the universe, that is the end <laughs> of our show. Uh, thank you. Well, all if you for enjoyed listening. it, our much hype. It's always sunny 
review. We, <laughs> I'll get back to it. We could have a slow day sometime. I can nah. talk about terrible people being terrible, <laughs> uh, but not 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 tonight. Uh, we hope you've had a blast listening. Thank you all. If you would like to support us more, you can check us out on nerdsnodemedia.com. All of our links to all of our feeds are there, including a link to our Patreon. So if you like us, tip us a few bucks. Always appreciate it. Hmm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at KevTalica95. Uh, Kian, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's at my name, if you can spell it. Uh, Kian O'Callaghan, uh, that's and... If you want to look me up for teaching, which, I mean, I can't imagine this is the audience, but if you do, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can find me there. Always shoot your shot. <laughs> That's just it. It's a, you know what? There might be one person out there, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> uh, and with that, we are done, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.